0: So yeah, when I went brunette, it
1: was like, okay, you don't, you don't get attention as easily, but like, I'm still getting attention, but it's different attention. You know, a lot Mm. of the girls that I had spoken to also who made the switch, because when I made the switch, I got like just a ton of DMs of girls who had done the same thing or whatever. They said that it's less attention, but higher quality attention.
0: You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast, and here's your
2: host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you guys are watching during the the, the pre-recorded you know, live stream on Mondays, I'm usually in the live chat, so sound off. That helps boost us in the algorithms. If you guys are watching the replay, sound off below. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. All that kind of stuff helps boost us in the algorithms and and gets us in front of more men. Um, You guys can send Super Chats during these pre-records. I just can't share it on the screen. But if you send one, I'll screenshot it on the back end and I'll share it on social media. But sending Super Chats helps support the show. Follow me on social media, guys. The links are in the description. I'm on all the good platforms. Get on the email list, com. Get 20 dating app openers. You also get a free chapter of my book, Everything I Wish I Knew When I Was 18. It, the chapters on the four different ways to meet women. Um, I'll also mail you some stickers, but if you don't want stickers, just write, don't want stickers in the address field and I won't waste a stamp on you. Speaking of the book though, the book's available at com. You can get it in all versions, including the Audible, edition the kindle edition the paperback hardcover and the special edition um if you go to books.com on also the links in the description for that check out the lack the law of attraction course guys um at loa.com on there's it's chick crack free it's a mindset course Join the beer club. It's a good group of dudes. And um, we have a private telegram community that's very active. And then finally coaching's available at gumroad.com on manpod.com. All right, guys joining me on the podcast this week, or I should say returning to the podcast this week is the rabble rousing Morgan may some of you guys love her. Some of you guys hate her. I like her. I, 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 I get a kick out of Morgan. She is a, she's funny. She's a, <laughs> she's a funny chick. well, If you guys haven't seen her in a while, she's gone brunette. She's a a brunette now. She's not a, uh, you know, a buxom blonde anymore. She's a, she's a, she's a, a brunette. And she wanted to come on the show to talk about the differences between blondes and brunettes and like her experience having been both. And how people treat blondes versus how people treat brunettes. It's kind of fascinating and, and I, I never really thought about it. When she brought up this topic, I was like, how are we gonna stress this out for an hour, Morgan? what like what's, what, what do you got going? On? She's like, she sent me a whole bunch of notes. I was like, okay, now let's do this. <laughs> so I will bring you that conversation with the lovely Morgan May right after uh these were are you tired of swiping endlessly on dating apps with little success do you feel like you're missing out on opportunities to meet women in your rural community hi i'm paul bauer i'm a certified master life coach and i know firsthand the struggles of dating in rural areas after studying intersexual dynamics intensely and a boatload of practice i developed a revolutionary online dating course for men like you guys who live in rural flyover country, where the opportunity to meet women organically in person just isn't possible, or your options are severely limited for guys who can't move to bigger cities for whatever reason. As it turns out, there's no cold approach in the cow pasture. And you've tried dating apps, but you haven't found success. You've even tried farmers only and only found cows. There's a light at the end of the tunnel though, brother. In this course, I'll teach you how to optimize your dating profile to attract the right kind of attention. That's just the beginning. I'll also teach you a game-changing method for meeting women on social media apps like Facebook and Instagram. This method has the potential to create an abundance with women that you never thought possible. Because while not every woman is on dating apps, every single person on the planet is on social media. By the time you finish this course, you'll have the tools and strategies to close for more dates than ever before. Say goodbye to scarcity and hello to abundance in your dating life. Don't let geography hold you back any longer. Enroll in my online dating course that I'm calling No Cold Approach in the Cow Pasture and unlock the potential for love in your rural community. It's time to take control of your dating destiny. Sign up for the course today. Visit dates.comonmanpod.com. That's dates. Dot come on man All right. Returning to the podcast is a woman who one guy on Instagram told me ruins my credibility when I have her on because she's a misandrist. It, it's the rabble-rousing Morgan May, and I personally think she's a hoot to talk to. What's going on, Morgan? Did hey, you Morgan. know that you were a misandrist? <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is news to me, but I have pissed off many... A men and women on the internet, so
2: so I'm not surprised. I don't think I've ever heard you say anything specifically like anti-men, you know. I would say that typically when I when I hear your girl game type stuff, it's I mean it's to benefit women, but you know, why wouldn't you do that? You know, that makes perfect sense to me. So I don't know where these guys get this kind of stuff.
1: (laughs) I don't think you should trust anyone that doesn't play for their own team. You know what I mean? Like even the girls who are super like manosphere or like the guys who really pander, you know, like Derek Jackson pander to like what women want to hear. Like you don't can't trust it. Can't trust someone who doesn't bat for their own team.
2: Yes. You know, you know, what's funny about this, though. So my uh, off topic here, we're going to be talking about other things here, guys. But uh, my daughter's she's home from college. And she's like, you know, dad, I'm thinking about some kind of side hustle money. You know, uh, I'm not sure what I could do. And I go, why don't you do a, a YouTube channel on Red Pill content? And she's like, what? And I go, no, no, seriously, hear me out. The uh, the simps in the comments will be paying you like $500 in super chats. It's easy money. You can do it like once a week, simple. And she's like, but dad, I don't even agree with half the shit you say. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. That's the, <laughs> that's the point. The guys are stupid, right? <laughs> That's funny. So she's like, "Oh, well, okay." So like, she's thinking about it now, like the so. Pearl Davis playbook, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and honestly, like Pearl, Pearl and I are, are, are somewhat cool. i Like we don't know each other that well, but I've talked with her in chat, you know, a little bit, and she's always cool with me. So I don't have a problem with Pearl per se. And I'm like, "Get your bags, sis," you know. But but yeah, I mean, that's it's Honestly, to my that's, point
1: though, you can't yeah. trust someone who doesn't play for the whole team, right?
2: So. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was, I, I don't want to name any names. Oh, y- you saw this because someone was like, oh, it's Morgan, right? Because I made a comment last year about a video. I was like, okay, guys, if you go back through my archive, there was, a, there was a woman that's been on the podcast a couple of times. And, you know, she said in this one interview that, you know, she, she, she went through a hoe phase or something. And I was like, whatever. And then the next time she was on, she was like, I never went through a hoe phase. I was like, what the? You know? roll the clips right 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 and so everyone's like morgan oh it was morgan i was like no no like it's not morgan morgan's been on the podcast like a bunch of times i think what, what did you say that what time you're like you've been on the podcast
1: three percent three percent of the
2: time of two shows yeah three percent of my podcast morgan's been on so yeah she's a returning guest and um because i like morgan right so yeah we're cool we're cool we're cool all right, so that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about blondes versus brunettes. And if you guys haven't noticed, you guys that are listening on on the audio version can't tell, but uh, you guys watching on YouTube can. Morgan's now, shockingly, a brunette. Uh, But every other time you've been on, you've been a blonde. What What's up with the change, Morgan? Uh,
1: it's a really good question. It's, you know the grass is always greener. Like we, we always want what we're not, right? Like I always, I always wanted to be like the the more sultry, exotic, like Jasmine, you know, Disney princess archetype. But I was never that. I was like, my mom was blonde. I was blonde. My dad always preferred blondes. Like that was always my life. But I don't know. I went through a lot of like Shifts, you know, the past two years, a lot of change and transformation. It was kind of an impulsive decision. I, it was honestly because of TikTok. I, I had a, um, you know, those silly filters on TikTok. I like recorded myself with a dark hair filter and I showed it to my hairdresser after he had like finished mixing the bleach for like a routine, whatever, touch up. And we just decided to like go dark. And it honestly, I like love it. It, It's, you know, when you're living one way your whole life, a fish like isn't aware that it's in water because it's in water and then you take it out of the water and then it realizes the context that it was in its whole life. So I've come to some, uh, I guess, insights on this whole blonde versus brunette topic, having been a blonde my whole life and now converting to the other side.
2: It's, it suits you. Honestly, it, um, it doesn't, most people can't make the change, you know, I honestly, so, uh, so I, when I grew up, I was actually blonde you know oh. um you couldn't tell because of all this like it, it, my hair got darker over the years and then grayer but yeah when i was in high school i was or when i was in elementary school i was natural blonde and then when i got in high school i used to dye my hair like canary yellow you know because that was cool back then you know vanilla ice and all that back in the back no no vanilla ice it, it was <laughs> that's how, that's okay. how old I am. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 first really famous white rapper, right? And then there was, uh, oh, what was that guy? He uh, sang Informer. I can't think of his name. Anyway, neither here nor there. So, you know, it's funny too. Like one time I dyed my hair canary yellow blonde and I went to Thanksgiving dinner and my aunt, uh, she was like, you know, you know what they say about blondes? They're cheap. <laughs> oh okay and i was like i was like i'm a dude though like i think it's a different context i don't think they say that about blonde dudes i think that's a totally different um stereotype but um but yeah so so yeah so you you've been blonde your whole life you're natural blonde then um yeah i was born very platinum like super
1: super light and then it got kind of darker my natural color is like a wheat you know like very dark dirty blonde but it'll have like gold shifts in the in the sun so, okay. this is actually a lot darker than my natural
2: color. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, oh, and that's oh, going back to what I was saying though. So, I uh, in high school, at one point, I wanted uh, I wanted darker hair because James Bond always had darker hair, and I was a big James Bond fan. Mm-hmm. So, I one time dyed my hair like dark, like James Bond, and it it didn't look good on me because I'm very you know Irish, <laughs> and so i got the you know, I've got the freckles and and stuff like that, it just it just didn't go well for me but um but it suits you very well thank you so so can you can you share some of your personal experiences as both a blonde and a brunette when it comes to the dating world
1: yeah okay so a lot of women i was actually So I was blonde my whole life. I went through a period when I was in Denver, actually, of like kind of playing with more of my natural color. So like this just kind of darker, dirty blonde versus like the bleach blonde. And so it was kind of a bronze, you know, brunette blonde, but it was it was blonde. Um, And I actually dyed my hair bright blonde again in like 2020. And then I'm not dark. So I've gone like the spectrum and a lot of women will go brighter blonde um, because it actually gets you more attention they, they say that blondes have more fun it's kind of true like when you walk into a room and you have really bright hair it's very attention grabbing it's like something shiny that you want to look at so a lot of women who especially like me who had have been blonde my whole life like the the prospect of like losing that attention and losing that kind of power you know these are all subconscious things it's not like I was super overt to like thinking like this but you know, it's thoughts that you have. Like you, you are sacrificing some easy attention, right? Like walking into a room and automatically commanding that, like mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, yeah. magnetism or whatever. Um, Ga- and, so- guy-
2: and guys guys in the red pill space they know that attention is the coin of the realm in girl world yes Yes,
1: exactly (laughs) so we do a lot to like you know enhance that for ourselves and that it's why a lot of blondes like myself i was so um attached to it right like i i actually wanted to go brunette for many years but like i I would always be like oh i can't sacrifice that or like i can't i can't do i'm not that girl or whatever that you know whatever it was um, it was also just like, so my comfort zone, like it had been my, my whole life. So, um, so yeah, when I went brunette, it was like, okay, you don't, you don't get attention as easily, but like, I'm still getting attention, but it's different attention. You know, a lot mm. of the girls that I had spoken to also who made the switch, cause when I made the switch, I got like just a ton of DMS of girls who had done the same thing or whatever. They said that it's less attention, but higher quality attention um which I thought was interesting and a lot of girls actually um landed boyfriends they told me after they had gone brunette because I think they said that guys took them more seriously or they were just attracting guys of like a different caliber or maybe looking for something different and I don't Mm. think that we like realize all these like subconscious bias biases that we all kind of have with hair color it was so silly but you know as humans we're desperate to just categorize people and the world to like mitigate the chaos that is like our daily lives so you know using this with hair color kind of helps that but there is some truths to it you know with like our, our various cultural histories and whatnot
2: would you say so so there's this you know this concept in in red pill space right like women women like to sleep with the bad boys but they settle down with the good boys you know that kind of mm. thing is it the same thing in but in the opposite direction like guys you think look at blondes more like they're the bad girls like let's (laughs) so they just you know they you know they're just um i guess as my aunt would say cheap you know but but uh brunettes guys are like no 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 that's wifey material kind of
1: it's like the Marilyn versus audrey right like Marilyn was this like sex symbol you know totally curvaceous like siren right and she certainly commanded attention but like you know when when guys wanted to marry they married like a Jackie O'Kennedy or an Audrey Hepburn like those women didn't have quite the same reputation and um, you know uh, being so glamorous and beautiful not all men want to sign up for that right you know it's high maintenance it's it's, high (laughs) maintenance so you know and again we're speaking in total you know stereotypes and generalizations here but it's just it's interesting to kind of consider and to you know see different patterns and when we track back these stereotypes the prosties, honestly, of, of ancient Rome—they had very light hair. Um, when you so- say
2: when you say prosties, at first I was like, "What is she talking about?" And I go, "Wait, wait—is she talking about?" women of ill repute like yes, women profession- of the night
1: yes okay yes, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> professionals professionals okay. yeah. yeah okay
1: they would have light hair <laughs> i never heard like- it
2: called prosties before that's why was- <laughs> yeah. that's funny I'm gonna start using that
1: just kind of <laughs> light in the middle um yeah they had light hair and like in the movie um Milena with Monica Bellucci like one of my favorite movies of all time when she had zero other options and her husband had died at war and she had to start selling herself. What did she do? She dyed her hair lighter to kind of communicate that she was available in that way. So it's all these kind of subconscious triggers that we don't think about, you know, when we're blonde and not, you know, in like modern day. Right. But like, what, what are we triggering maybe in our like gene codes? Right. Or just, you know, in our brains that we're completely unaware
2: of. So mm, interesting to think that's, about. that's interesting. So so you mentioned that uh, ladies, la- other ladies, talked to you in the DMs, saying that they, you know, they landed boyfriends more serious caliber type guys. Like, did, have you noticed the same thing though? Like the the type, the types of guys that approach you are different now, or, or have you not noticed that?
1: Um, you know, I've only been brunette for like I think three months, not even at this point. Um, but I have like dated someone like more seriously. And I like, I hadn't for a little bit. Um, and I would say he was definitely high caliber. Um, you know, the kinds of guys that I've dated in the past that like preferred blondes, they were like a certain type. And I I want to speak to it. Like, right. I don't know how to describe it. It was just like, I don't want to use the word misogynistic, but like I was I felt very like very much I, like an just, object. Do you know? I what just I'm know to say? I just
2: know whatever you're gonna say is gonna trigger the audience. So <laughs> I'm just waiting for this clip. Let's say it, let's let's hear it. What kind of guys? <laughs> Go for the blonde.
1: Like, okay, this one guy I dated, he was a nightmare. He had two yachts. He like loved that he had two yachts. He was like a finance bro, like whatever. And he was telling me on our dates how like I was his perfect type, like this perfect type of woman, this blonde woman. And he like would ask me, like, do you do you have a Pinterest? Like, do you like Pilates? Like, he just like stereotyped me in his head of this like blonde woman that fits these bills. You know what I mean? And like wanted me to fit into this certain like archetype i guess you know what i'm trying to say and yeah. and he was like like kind of a sociopath like kind
2: of just, not the kind just, of guy you want to date you know i'm just trying to think of this type of so so one of the things i i teach guys right is um and i have it in my new book i don't know if you know it. anyway i have
1: oh, God, you wrote it congratulations yeah we were yeah. talking about that like a yeah, year you ago didn't know. i just i knew i knew but i haven't gotten a chance to okay. thank you face no, it does. Face. Or, um <laughs> congratulate you,
2: yeah no no so um that, that was just a cheap plug honestly so <gasps> No, but I talk about in the book, right, how important it is for guys to write up a list of what they want in in a long term relationship and then, you know, what they don't want, what they won't tolerate kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of that is honestly law of attraction and just, you know, also making sure that as you're dating that, you know, you're sort of testing to see if this woman fits into this these check boxes if she doesn't then she's just not the right person for you it's no big deal right but uh, a lot of guys what they end up doing is they uh they the, a girl's nice to them and they they just start trying to fit her into these boxes and it doesn't work that way so it sounds to me like this double yacht guy i can't imagine a guy having two yachts because just the biggest waste of money of all time is having a, a single boat you know like the, just the maintenance costs of it so having two yachts it just sounds retarded to me but <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor that i'm not hating on the guy you know good for him but it sounds to me that his checkboxes were a girl that's blonde that has a pinterest <laughs> like what that's an that's an interesting thing to put that's into pilates you know i can see pilates maybe because she's into you know physical fitness or whatever but specifically pilates is kind of weird to me i don't know it's just like
1: <laughs> to me he was communicating this specific this like girly girl who likes Starbucks and shopping, like basic, you know, it's just basic, basic ass. Like, yeah. yeah. Blonde, like Pilates. With, Wears Ugg boots. Yeah. Like, but he liked that and he, that's what he wanted. So.
2: What's your take fun, on yeah. pumpkin spice lattes?
1: I think I've had one, one time in my life and it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I love them. I love them. I'm very, a total like, basic sugary. bitch. Yeah.
2: I love, I love those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so we talked about like what kind of men you seem to attract as a uh, blonde versus brunette uh, finance bros with, with two yachts. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so, so what kind of guys you've only been, you said a uh, brunette for like three months now. Yeah. A so, th- so this uh, not getting into it cause you know, personal life or whatever, but you, you just recently ended things with a, with a guy. Mm-hmm. Did you meet him as a blonde and then you turned brunette? I met him
1: the week that I went brunette, actually. And he, yeah, he, what was different about him, he was very, very fresh out of a divorce. So, like, it probably wasn't the right, like, time for that. But he was very commitment-minded and very marriage-focused and, like, did eventually want that after he had, like, healed from this crazy, messy marriage or whatever that happened to be with a blonde. So he, you know, was saying how he appreciated that I was brunette and very different. But, like, yeah, someone who was, like, more traditionally-minded and, like, seeking that, you know more relationship uh like a marriage i guess versus just kind of yeah. playing the field or sleeping around or like whatever
2: gotcha okay yeah. did you did you tell him that you are normally a, a blonde or do you just sort of keep that to yourself because it's like hey i just i just divorced a blonde you're like oh that's terrible <laughs> you know
1: just no keep that he to knew he's oh, okay. all my i mean we, we met in person, but like, you know, we followed each other on Instagram and all of my photos, I mean, all my photos are blonde. So, and I had, right. you know, it was part of conversation and I asked him what he preferred. I've been asking the guys what they prefer. A lot of them do prefer brunette, which is interesting to me. Cause I really, I thought that like I would, my stock would just plummet after going brunette, but I don't think it's true.
2: Yeah. I've, I've always actually liked uh, brunettes better, you know, darker haired women better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I wonder if, and I always had this theory when I was like young, like young and dumb and, you know, I didn't know any better. And and I don't, I, there's probably no truth into this what whatsoever, but I'm like, I think blonde guys tend to like brunette girls better. And then, you know, brunette guys tend to like blondes better, you know? I don't know. It's true. I, 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 That's my hypothesis. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't, I don't have any test data to prove any of that, but.
1: I've always gone for more darker, like features, darker complected, like tanner, you know i was like very blonde and fair my mom was very blonde and fair but my dad was more like olive and mm. darker so yeah i've always preferred like the opposite to myself
2: yeah cuz i was always like i i don't ever really tan i just go like burn and then <sighs> and then back to like pasty white so i I always kind of like the idea of maybe you know maybe you know having kids with like a you know a Mexican girl because then my kids would i wouldn't have that problem right <laughs> never that never happened but I mean I've dated Mexican girls but never had kids with them that I know of and <laughs> you know but, my, but you know what's funny though is my son um i don't I, I don't know where he gets this from his his grandfather on his mom's side and his his mom is I mean, she's like Scandinavian, right? She's mm. she's blonde, very fair skin. My daughter got those jeans. So my daughter's very blonde, very fair skin. She burns like me and stuff like that. And uh, But my son has his grandfather's jeans on his mom's side. And for whatever reason, that guy can tan. Like he's just <sighs> really good at tan. So my son doesn't burn. He just mm. gets darker. And I'm like. Okay. Well, good for you. Good, good, for you, good, good for you, son. You know, cause that's what I wanted. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, didn't make that happen with a, a Hispanic girl, but you know, we managed to get him that. in there somewhere. Yeah. We figured this out somehow. So, um, okay. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned the prostes of ancient Rome. Is that where, is that where like dyeing your hair blonde came from? I believe so. Yeah. It also
1: like yes, and it's also a marker of like of youth, right? So it's beneficial, especially for a prostitute to kind of play those cards, beauty and youth card, right? So you know, we were saying when we were younger, we were very blonde. Like it signifies certain um, like quality like that. So mm. that's I think part of it, part of like the allure. And it was also very exotic, right? Ancient Rome, everyone basically had like brunette, dark brown hair, brown eyes, and so it was just a very exotic different look
2: do you know how they did it like i mean because now we have bleach and you know like chemicals and stuff like that do you know how they did it back then I... have you studied that far into it no
1: <laughs> no but i know that the egyptians starting with the egyptians they had some wild
2: beauty rituals so
1: i'm sure they figured out some stuff cleopatra kind of
2: yeah gamed everyone up. i knew um i i, I think i've heard this from somewhere that uh prostitutes from like the the old like the 1800s right like the in the old saloons like they would uh instead of like putting um you know rose color makeup on they would pinch their cheeks a lot until it turned red Mm -hmm. uh and it's like how often do you have to do that though to keep that redness in there (laughs) you know to keep that blush look uh i'm sure they did like berries and stuff like that for the makeup and i don't know i'm just i'm just guessing here like where did they come up with this this stuff but all right, so you don't know. Um,
1: well, I know that they had like some tar, tar-like stuff for mascara, and I know, I don't know what they would use for eyeliner, but like something that was safe for the eyes, I hope. Charcoal.
2: Um, yeah, and
1: like crushed. <laughs> oh yeah, and like crushed up um, flower petals and stuff for blush and okay. lipstick. Yeah.
2: Okay, that makes yeah. sense. That yeah. that makes a little bit more sense. I'm just curious how they, and that, man, when I was a kid. Some of the girls in my school would do stuff like put lemon juice in their hair yeah, and let the sun bleach it a little mm-hmm. bit, or maybe that's what they did. I don't know. I, maybe. We're just making shit up. If you guys are like, <laughs> are, know this for whatever dumb reason, just comment below. <laughs> oh no, we know exactly how this happened. It was blah, 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 some nerd in the comment. Um,
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by sax.com.
1: I mean, guys talk about think about ancient Rome apparently a lot according to TikTok. So maybe.
2: Oh, it's uh, is it? Yeah, it's like yeah. It, when do, how often do men think about the Roman Empire? Yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is my Roman Empire.
2: Actually, I heard a new one this morning. One of the guys in my beer club. He's like, uh, every man wants the same thing, and it's to find the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> I'm like, that would actually be kind of a cool, cool adventure, you know. So you also talked about stereotypes of uh, <laughs> Betty versus Veronica. Um, did they? Do you, do you think they did that on purpose in the Archie comics?
1: I definitely Betty... think that they like, played certain elements of these stereotypes up, right? Like Veronica was kind of this more like brooding, calculating, like, you know, exotic, like darker archetype, right? And she was the brunette. She was kind mm-hmm. of sexy, you know, more like embodied in that. And then Betty was kind of this like innocent girl, kind of um, more youthful, sweet, right, blonde. So I think that that these archetypes, we can like look at them from different angles. But um, yeah, this just depends on what kind of elements the girl pulls out more. Like with the blondes, right, we have like the cheerleader, the super peppy, like, you know, southern girl who's just like like i mentioned before what that guy wanted maybe a little bit more basic but then we have the Marilyn monroe like total bombshell you know kind of exuding that so it's kind of like different faces of these um these archetypes out there.
2: got it or i'm trying to think i don't think she was blonde though but on on gilligan's island there was a was it ginger who was the movie star she was kind of a she was redhead though wasn't she wasn't she a redhead
0: was... i
1: cannot remember i think i've seen maybe one episode <laughs> okay. possibly i don't know and then that there was that her name was ginger
2: yeah and then there was there was a, a the brunette gal who was more of like this country girl from like kansas or something and she mm. but yeah i don't know i don't know i think we're going off on a different tangent we can't uh-huh. talk about redheads here uh-huh. um <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some stereotypes about redheads too. Oh, know. what's the stereotype about red, redheads that you? have Every
1: heard? guy that I talk to about redheads, they all say that redheads are like the most sexual. Have you heard that? Mm. They're always like, "Oh, we want a redhead because like they're like they're, st- they're they're super exotic first of they're
2: all, good. but also that they're like Slooty freaky. sloots. They freak. <laughs> they are f- freaks in the sheets. <laughs> That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. I can I can see that. Um. I'm trying to think if I ever dated like a natural redhead. I don't think so. You know, what's funny about most redheads and this is just a, my, my preference thing is I, I think most redheads like super Irish are just not that attractive, you know? And I think most of the, like the really beautiful redheads that guys see like that are models and stuff like that aren't natural redheads. That's what oh, I,
1: interesting. That's
2: what I think. I'm probably wrong. And someone's going to cancel me for this. There's so.
1: one model. S- s- Citia Decker, C I T I A D. She's like Brazilian. She's, I think she's a natural. She's like mm. the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I think she's gorgeous. But oh, yeah, I think most, most of the time. It's a very light, very light, complexion usually.
2: Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. Like most, most of them you see, uh, like the real natural ones that are like Irish or whatever, they, they're, they're very flushed in the face. They have, mm-hmm. and not in, a, in a, like a, a, you know, cute, you know, uh, blush type. It's just like red, that's unattractive, and then they got like too many damn freckles, and it's just like, <gasps> mm, I'm not a fan. Some dudes might be into that, though, you know, obviously, because they're you know, they keep passing those jeans on, so some dudes are into <laughs> that, but not, not, not this guy. Um, you mentioned how much it costs as a woman, um, and I'm guessing it mean you mean to maintain the hair color,
1: yeah. It? I don't think guys really get it,
2: <laughs> like
1: it in new york city when i was going to like the most expensive salon in the city basically frederick McKay, and soho my bill after a cut and color was like six hundred dollars before tip jesus
2: six hundred dollars yeah. for a haircut
1: yeah so bleaching alone is you know in a city like that was like probably over like 350 just for that and then the cut was like a little bit less um you know, and anywhere that you get it done, too, if you're getting blonde highlights, it's like one of the most expensive treatments you can get. I mean, I think uh, extensions is probably the most expensive. If you get a certain kind of extension, that could be really pricey. But um, yeah, blonde is a lot to maintain, although I will say as a brunette, you know, I, I have to color my hair more. So blonde, I could go like three months in between appointments. Brunette, it's like half the price. But I have to go every maybe two months just to maintain my color. Or like I have to figure out how to do it at home just to maintain it. But it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Doing our hair is a lot. Unless you're like you have your total natural color and you're just getting a cut. Um, it's still obviously a lot more than it is for like a $30 cut at a barbershop for guys. but.
2: Did you now? Did it? Is it a little bit less uh, when you're blonde because your natural hair is like a blonde? So, so the uh, the bleach and the uh, the natural blonde sort of isn't as noticeable, or what?
1: Yeah, like I could afford to let it grow out a little bit longer just because it looked normal, you know. But if you if you have darker roots, you you would have to go every like six weeks, you know. If you're going very very light, it just depends on how how much lighter you're going from your natural color. Mm. Like that kind of gauges how long you can go.
2: When I when I was at high school and I used to dye my hair canary yellow, I, I used to like the root color growing in because that was the look back then. It was like this frosted mm-hmm. tip, frosted tip type bullshit. And yeah. so like I would purposefully, you know, dye my hair bright canary yellow and then just I hated that look. And, and But after like a week or two, that's when it started looking good. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm a fucking surfer boy <laughs> living in the mountains of Colorado didn't make any sense um <laughs> it's
1: definitely a look there's like a the grown out like more grungy you know like i actually didn't love my hair like the week that i'd get it done but then
2: once my natural root kind of started
1: coming in i was like it
2: a little better. yeah i think it, yeah. it it's funny it almost looks more natural that way
1: I yeah think. yeah like a but natural
2: it, sun kissed highlight yeah almost so so you're telling me you don't just go get the box dye in the store and just do it yourself for like fifteen? Oh my bucks? God. No. <laughs> no. And don't trust any woman who ever does that. There's
1: men out there. Like no. Oh, okay. Because there's so much that goes into it. Like you have to like you said, you know, when you went very dark, it didn't really look right. You have to take your undertones into consideration. Are you gonna go more red brown, more cool tone brown? Like if I had gone black, for example, I'd probably look ridiculous. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into account that like, in my opinion, need a professional. And also like, I don't know, you're just not going to get the quality out of a box dye, In my opinion, maybe I'm wrong. The girls can crucify me if, like they do it, but I would yeah. never
2: do that well, for my daughter. I would, I would take her to a salon. I wouldn't pay $600 for that, but I would take her to a salon and pay a little bit extra money to have a pro do it. Because yeah. a lot of times too, they put some kind of treatment in there that would the color would last longer. I think the the color that they would use at the salon tended to, tended to last longer bad. than the box box dye. And then they would also give her like she would always you know dye it you know bleach blonde or whatever, and and uh, they would give her some kind of like uh, what was it like a bluing or or anti bronzing type thing? Because sometimes when you get your hair dyed blonde, it starts turning like almost a reddish color, so you have to keep it a certain you know you have to maintain it with a certain kind of shampoo and it was like yeah as a father i know how much it costs
1: <laughs> you're a king for that paul you're a king yeah you need especially bleach oh my god the girls who try to bleach their hair at home like that terrifies me because if you try to bleach your hair bleach is different than color right you could right. you could fry your hair completely off you could damage it and have to like buzz it off your head because it's yeah. so damaged so yeah
2: what do you think about the uh, the new trend? I th- and I, I kind of think it's a relatively new trend of these women that dye their hair almost like a white gray. You know, have you seen that?
1: I've seen that. It's I'm a like, look, but it's not. It's not not for the male gaze, certainly. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, and like, I don't think it's, it's that flattering most of the time. I think I'm like sometimes. I think
2: I think most older women that have that hair color now. Are trying to not have that hair color now you know
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely my, like an artistic
2: artistic choice maybe my my mom is um she's 76 now
1: mm-hmm.
2: she finally i think within the last like three years stopped dyeing her hair mm. you know and she's yeah, like she's in her 70s you know it's like mom <laughs> mom you're not fooling anybody now like let it go let <laughs> it go but she's she's still, like, up until, yeah, about, like, maybe three or four years ago, was going going and getting her hair done and getting it dyed blonde and stuff like that. And it was just like, nah, you're not fooled <laughs> anyone anymore, mom. Like, it, it's pretty obvious. Pretty obvious you're...
1: <laughs> That's kind of liberating, though. Honestly, I want to have, like, a big, like, gray braid when I'm older. You know, just, like, surrender all of it. My natural, you know, silver shine through. So yeah. I respect it.
2: <laughs> it's kind of like... A, and I'm 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 like that, right? I'm already like I got the gray in the beard. I'm just like, yeah, I just own it. Like I just love it, you know? I yeah. I don't care. And um, but I see guys that are my age or older, and they they'll still they'll dye their beard, and I'm just like, man, why? Like just- guys
1: shouldn't. I feel like yeah. it, it's better for you know we talk about this in like red Bull. like guys. I think I we love a silver fox. What women do, you know? We feel like a little bit more taken care of. It's like daddy energy.
2: It's, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, you know luke you know my friend luke right he's like he he calls it yeah. daddy game he's like oh it's oh no daddy frame <laughs> that's what he calls it it's like, daddy frame yeah <laughs> but our mutual I'm friend lewis did some shit about it all the time he's like daddy frame um that's hilarious i think that i i don't i'm i'm one of those guys that like i don't i don't like chicks that i'm dating calling me daddy like that's creepy to me because i'm a father i'm like that's, okay that's fair. creepy man <laughs> like i don't I'm not into that okay but i but i see where you're going with this i see where you're going with this, So <laughs> the energy yes um you wanted to talk about and i think we talked about a little bit right but the the maiden archetype versus dark feminine now first of all mm-hmm. dark feminine sounds scary as hell to me that <laughs> what what's appealing about dark feminine um, that you found, right? Because you talk about that a lot.
1: Yeah. Right? Um, dark feminine gets a very misunderstood rap in my opinion. Um, the dark feminine is just like boundaries, truth, um, really piercing through the veil of illusion and into like you know your highest and ultimate purpose and power. Um, it's like the void, it's the, the, where all of our like power and potential come from, right? Our, you know, we don't show up to dates embodying our dark feminine archetype, right? Like that's not how we interact with the masculine necessarily, but if we don't have that, um, really strongly present within us, like it's not, it's actually not an attractive quality, right? You kind of need that backing you almost backing the maiden or like the kind of light feminine, um, and men actually re- like the kinds of men that i've you know thinking like the last guy that i dated like they really like love and respect it or like i don't know they're, they're drawn to it in different ways it's like it's like our oracle right it's our, our deep intuition um you know it's maybe emotional intelligence um uh, but that's kind of like the domain of, of the dark feminine and um yeah, I would say blonde is definitely more associated with maiden, like we were talking about, like more youthful, um, just kind of like earlier in our in our life cycle as women. Maybe a little bit more naive, more agreeable, um, which definitely has its place. And it, not necessarily knocking it, but I would I would probably argue if you're only those things, only nice and agreeable, whatever, you could leave yourself quite vulnerable to being taken advantage of, or going after the wrong kinds of guys, or you know whatnot. So you kind of need both integrated, and so. Um, I think I spent the past, I would definitely say three years um, getting more integrated with my own like dark feminine and in different ways and um, my own sense of personal power and like knowledge of of the truth of who I am, right? And so um, I would say that, yeah, a darker look maybe embodies that a little bit more
0: Mm, if we're
1: talking about in this context, yeah.
2: Now that actually makes sense. I mean, yeah. Cause I think like, when you just say something like, like dark feminine and um, I think like most guys are like, that sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> when you put it that way, I mean, it does make sense. If you think about it, you don't want a girl that's just completely naive that's easily manipulated. That's, you know, cause I, even guys, I, I know guys, um, I had a client that was telling me, he's like, he goes, you know what? I, he goes, I don't know how you feel about this, Paul, but He goes, when I do like the stuff that we we talk about in game, you know, and he goes, when it works on a girl, like it turns me off. It's like, you're stupid. Like you believe this bullshit. Right. And it's like, and I'm like, well, (laughs) first of all, it's not, it's not supposed to be bullshit. Like it's supposed to be who you are, you know? Um, If you're doing it, like it's bullshit, then yeah, I would see why, you know, you would be sort of turned off by a girl who was naive to that, you know, but a girl, but you do want a girl that, you know, isn't stupid. You know, you don't want to, you know, you want a girl that sort of knows what she wants. And, you know, and um, you know, I, I would say anyway, I, I certainly but, wouldn't want to date a complete, a complete dit, you know, I would want someone that I could sort of pitch and catch with someone I could talk to and stuff like that, you know.
1: I think it's really interesting. And you talk about this a lot how women say they want one thing, but they actually want something completely different. It's the same with guys. Like, you hear in Red Pill, guys want a woman who's submissive and like all this stuff. And yes, like feminine submission is an important part of like dancing with the masculine. However, if you have just that, it's like, i want to call Pearl out. It's like, no, no secret that I have my feelings about Pearl. I respect her hustle. She's a marketing genius, but I have qualms about you know certain things that she talks about but you know she she talks about she's okay getting cheated on being agreeable and submissive and all all this stuff and women shouldn't vote and all of this stuff and like she's single too and also a working woman it's like okay you know we hear in the red pill sphere like guys want all these things but like do you really or like yes are those an important part of like okay how you want to feel around a woman but like you also want a woman with, like, a spine and with boundaries. Like, men actually love boundaries. Like, th- that guy just said it. Like, yeah, the woman the woman who have boundaries and aren't feeding, you know, eating his bullshit, he yeah. kind of respects it more, right? A guy, a woman who is going to, like, spread her legs in the first 30 minutes of meeting you, like, are you going to, like, respect that even though men want sex and want, you know, sexual woman. Like, no. So it's a dance, right? And, and, yeah, what I found with, like, integration of, like, these dark feminine components is you really need that for that, like, deep –
0: Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: That, that, go, what you're talking about, like a, a, a woman that's going to spread her legs right away. Uh, that is a funny dynamic with dudes because dudes are like, they do want sex, but at the same time, if she's too easy, they're like, Oh, she's a sleuty slew. And then she's not wifey material, but then they, they believe that oh, a girl that's making rules for me and holding out for you know months and stuff like that. Oh, she's, she's a good girl. It's like, dude, that same girl, the same girl was probably, you know, to, for the right guy, like, you know, maybe, maybe she didn't make him wait three months. Maybe it was three dates or something, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like she, she Not also wrong. doesn't like you, bro. That's that's another <laughs> thing too. You got to sort of, it is a dance. It is. And you got to sort of keep your eyes open. Um, I talk about in my book about, you know, maintaining long-term relationships. And, you know, I talk about it like the, the, the commanding officer, executive officer dynamic, like in the Navy, you know Uh I was like, The commanding officer does want input from his executive officer on occasion and and, and will take his recommendations under advisement. Like, you know, when I'm with Nurse Chick, I I try to set the tone and lead. Like, you know, I I love using the the dinner, you know, dynamic of what do you want to eat? I have made it a habit of just picking places, right? Like, hey, we're going to eat here or whatever. She knows that. And so if she truly does want to go somewhere or eat a specific food, she'll just, she'll pick a place. She'll say, Hey, what do you think about this tonight? And I'll be like, yeah, sounds great. You know? And it, we never have, we never have any arguments about that. Most of the time she's cooking and so she's just planning meals anyway. So it's like, I don't even have to think about it. And so, you know, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I don't want, I, I like her, her respect. And I like her, you know, submissive behavior, but at the same time, I don't want to push over in a doormat, you know?
1: Yeah. So Yeah. Also there's another quality of this that I don't think we've touched on, but um, it reminded me because we're talking about like ancient Egypt, ancient Rome, but there's like an ancient Egyptian, like pr- proverb, that men are supposed to lead women in the material and the physical and protect us in the physical, but women are actually supposed to lead and protect men in the spiritual. And mm. so, like having these, like you know, deeper connections to our own spirituality and our own, you know, internal world, like that, um, helps that dynamic in in different ways. Yeah, mm. I can and see that. That's a very dark feminine domain.
2: You know. Speaking of ancient Egypt, I, it just made me think of uh, Cleopatra. Have you ever read? Have you ever read the Forty Eight Laws of Power?
1: Yes. I love Robert Greene so much. I think yeah. A genius. yeah. It,
2: and he talks about, he does talk about Cleopatra and how she was able to, I mean, just manipulate men. Like, would you say <laughs> she fully embodied the dark feminine then?
1: Manipulate. I mean, I think she was a G. She like bagged two emperors, like the two of like the most powerful men in the entire world at the time. So you have to respect her. Um manipulate i mean
2: oh she clearly did but but if and she did it for the good of egypt though right she was like if i form these ties like we will protect egypt and you know so she, she totally did, but yeah, but like
1: she, this is feminine power, right? So this is this yeah. is why the dark feminine actually gets a bad rap because when you look for it on TikTok, it's all about like my villain era and I'm gonna manipulate men, get what I want, and like like all of this stuff. Like that is definitely an element because it's power, and you know you can use feminine power in different ways. It's more soft power. It's mm. not like big giant armies, right? Like Cleopatra's lovers, but um, she used what she had to. You know get what she needed done for her empire um so yeah that that's that's an element and, you know and then we're kind of falling into this like femme fatale archetype which is like all these qualities of women that men feared right this manipulation component this like seductive component where men felt less in control because they were at like the you know behest of you know women and, and our are our, our, you know being wily temptresses or whatnot yeah um so Yeah, it's definitely – it fits into that same camp, but there's – I wouldn't say that that's, like, the highest, like, divine expression of the dark feminine, if that makes sense.
2: Okay. No, that does make sense. Yeah. Manipulation is not a bad word on this show because it's, like, life is manipulation. And women are Mm -hmm. master manipulators. And (laughs) if guys are just complete, um, completely pie in the sky in love, like, they're even easily – more manipulated you know so that's kind of like the, the 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 power of the red pill is to be like hey by the way something to keep an eye out for but this is total manipulation right here <laughs> you know and, and this is how you handle it and you know it's you can navigate things in a healthy way by doing this way if you identify it and a lot of people don't like a lot of i think women's uh manipulation isn't necessarily like planned out you know, like when a woman's feeling emotional and she's crying, right. She's genuinely feeling that she's not necessarily, well, sometimes she is, but sometimes she's, you know, most of the time she's just genuinely feeling that and guys are easily manipulated by a woman crying, you know, that's just our instinct. And so women tend to use that to their advantage a lot of times, you know, so, you know, it's, it's not like premeditated evil, you know, uh actions on a woman's part it's just you know just how women are and men how men respond to it and stuff and so i don't know did you know um, that
1: men smelling women's tears actually lowers testosterone isn't that wild
2: is that true yeah wow. that's, okay
1: it's that's wild but um yeah i, I would agree with all i mean we're emotional right it's again it's like the, the domain of the emotional manipulation is more emotional more like logic based yeah. soft power based
2: I think, and I, which uh, cracks me up because, you, you know, women have sort of learned over centuries and stuff. And it's like, you know, in their genuine nature to to manipulate men, but it's like they had to do it because, you know, they have to make sure they, they ha- get provisioning. They have children, they ha- their children have to be taken care of. So women like have, have had to do that just for their own survival purposes and you know, and guys are like, you know, we've, we've uh, grown over the years to be like, well, we've got to protect, you know, like we're protectors. And it's just, it's an interesting dynamic. It tends to work out though. You know, <laughs> it balances out in a good way when it's used in a good way. So I don't know. It's, it's, is, the whole thing's funny.
1: I think it's funny, but I actually want to comment on it because this is what yeah. I talk about with like, PUA like pickup artists and stuff mm, yeah. it's it's a lot of it is manipulation and like getting in a girl's head and the reason why it's so like cringy to me and I know this is maybe not the audience
2: for this take but like no no it's, you go for it yeah. like because
1: I actually why I like you Paul like and I actually vouch for you so much as you really I think encouraged true um, empowerment you know and true truly like getting your shit together and like you know it's it's not that PUA I know that you say manipulation isn't a bad word but I don't think that you like necessarily lean into like it like that camp does necessarily and the yeah. reason why it's so off-putting in my body and i've actually had guys you know like in play del carmen i didn't realize when i moved there but there's like a lot of like pua like retreats and stuff like god whatever so i've encountered it and it's so like revolting because it's a man embodying feminine energy very much you know yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a man like actually working on his masculine you know, frame and, and, and all of that, like becoming a more attractive person. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's just totally a feminine domain to your, yeah, point. Well, and when well, men, men do it, it's like.
2: Ugh. Now this is a, this is actually a good discussion because uh, a lot of guys don't realize, but what the p- pickup artists did was they looked at what women were doing and how women manipulated, And they were like, okay, well, how do we turn this around to, for men's sensibilities? You know? Mm. And so the, so the idea of spinning plates, right? Like women are n- naturally date on a roster. You know, they might not be sleeping with all the guys, but they always have orbiters around that they can pick and choose from. They're looking for their best possible option. So it's like, yeah, why not? Why don't we do that? Cause most guys don't, most guys are retarded. They, they date like one girl at a time and they think that she's her, their girlfriend. And it's like, no, dude, she's got, she's probably seeing like three or four other guys right now. And you're just uh, you're just an option for her, you know? Uh, so, so they turned that kind of stuff around um, to use it to their advantage. Now the, now the big problem with, with pickup artists and just learning how to pick up girls and game girls and sleep with them on, like on a first date is it doesn't, it's all fake. It's all fake. It's a facade. Women do eventually see through that. And so if you are looking for some kind of deeper connection, it's not going to work in the long run you know, cause you're going to fall back on, on old beta programming. That's what happened with, uh, if you, if you read the, the book, the game, it's exactly what happened to mystery, right? He got, he developed one itis for this one girl and, you know, he couldn't maintain that attraction long-term. And so he was like, he was crying and, you know, all this kind of stuff It just unattractive behavior had no frame. It's like they, they he couldn't maintain that stuff in the long-term. It's all very short-term, you know, wins for some guys like that's all they care about yeah but but guys most i would say a majority of guys do want a deeper connection even all the guys in in the game were miserable at the end of the day because you know they they were sleeping with all these girls but they had they didn't have any deeper connections and they were all you know crazy and it's a it's a funny thing when you study it you know i think dan
1: galsarian like the the archetype of this lifestyle of just like you know, pleasure, you know, total hedonistic. He, I just saw him on an interview basically saying like, yeah, at the, I've, I'm the one, you know, one of the people on the planet who've like followed this to the very end and it's not fulfilling. And it like, you know, it's not, it's not a long-term whatever strategy, viable strategy, basically. He didn't say like that. but He was like, he wasn't happy just, just doing that. So.
2: Yeah. I think a very yeah. small majority or small minority of guys want to do that forever right like a a guy like um oh what's his what's his name um the the, the guy who started playboy what's his name hefner hefner Hefner, right like he he had you know his harem of girls till the end and but still like he i mean he was a very controlling dude like those those girls had to be back in by 9 p.m and you know like oh what's
1: whistleblowing now
2: (laughs) yeah it's 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 an interesting dynamic i don't think you know all those girls were just there for for the money and the fame and stuff like that they you know they didn't like him at all and it's it's like well yeah i mean if you're leading with your money and your your status and you have no substance like chicks aren't going to be into you for you you know so you've got to really think about what do you what do you really want man you know (laughs) what do you really want um okay so let's see here i think I think that pretty much covered everything or did you was there any else anything else that you wanted to talk about as far as blondes versus brunettes
1: <laughs> um i think that that covered it i don't know the only other thing is that it was a bit of a rebellion you know mm. like i think society kind of teaches us one thing about beauty and attractiveness and my family definitely did you know my dad like I said, only his second wife is a blonde. First wife is a blonde. My mom is a blonde. She was, there's also like a blonde, Um, what do you call it? Uh, supremacy. You know, it's like you kind of think that you're better a little bit or like above other people in a certain way, like, cause you can carry it and pull it off, but it's not true. It's like, it's weird. So going brunette is, you know, was kind of a rebellion, I guess in that way. Also mm. culturally with you've kind of like, not decentering men, but like, you know, I'm willing to forego some attention from men in that way. Just
2: right. Okay. What I like. Yeah. So, you, um, yeah, that's right. You did mention that. So, kind of rebellion against against dad, huh? What, <laughs> what did dad do to deserve this rebellion? <laughs> oh, nothing. No, no, no. I, oh. I
1: love my dad. But, okay. you know, it's just, uh, again, going from the maiden to maybe the uh, crone or like a darker, darker feminine mother archetype
2: interesting transition there. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. Yeah. This has been a fun conversation as always, Morgan. Uh, give us some parting words of wisdom and uh, where could people find you online?
0: Um,
1: thanks so much for having me. Parting words of wisdom. I don't know, just seek truth and be yourself <laughs> and maybe you have to make some big changes to do that, but I think it's always worth it. Um, I, I always can...
2: say, if you're getting the results you want, it's it being yourself is, is good advice. If you're not getting the mm. results you want, something needs to change.
1: It's true. It's true. But you know, I would say in that, like um, we developed so many layers of a false self. And so you might think that it's true. Like I thought my true self was a blonde, you know, it sounds so silly and superficial, but like that was who I was, but you know, I could change, I could change my context there and really see what it, it was about. And maybe there was something deeper.
2: No, actually uh, it, no more Mr. Nice guy. Dr. Robert Hmm. Glover, he talks about the guys who think that they're nice guys aren't being themselves. They're absolutely putting on a facade because they're trying to, you know, win women's affection through covert contracts and stuff like that. And it's like, no, no, no. So, so being yourself, there is some truth to that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm hosting actually a nice girl deprogramming container and that a lot of the work is in that we think.
2: Yeah, there's nice girls. Tell me about it. before oh, I yeah, let yeah. you go. Now, now this is a <laughs> the whole other can of worms. Like, what's I mean? What are just a couple of attributes of nice girls?
1: There are so. You know we're both in our own camps paul like you're in the boy game whatever camp i'm in the girl game they're actually why so i love talking so many to you, yeah. overlaps yeah but they're like you know you talk about how women date on a roster it's actually i didn't date on a roster until i realized that men had like five girls at the same time so i was like okay i'm gonna do that too <laughs> right yeah, so okay. it's, i feel like we similar issues there's a lot of overlap and so yeah qualities of a nice girl um Just being a pushover, not having boundaries, agreeing to last minute dates, um, you know, allowing him to cancel, uh, you know, agreeing to low effort or low quality dates just because you want to be nice and show that you really just like him. Like there's a lot of things like that, just mostly wavering on personal boundaries and um, wanting to prove how good of a woman you are based on like how much sacrifice you're willing to, to, to do in a relationship, which I don't think is... The truth all the time, especially when a man hasn't like pledged his life to you yet, right? I mean, I believe relationship involves sacrifice, but certainly in the dating stages, like there needs to be way more like personal power and kind of boundaries and vetting and saying no. You know, a lot of nice girls are. Like I was coaching one of them, like I can just decline a date. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, that was a bullshit offer, (laughs) like a bullshit last minute, low effort date. Of course, you're going to say no thank you instead of just like agreeing to go. But that was like a wild concept. So, Mm. yeah, there's a lot. I think a lot of people have this, um, you know. And I think it comes from, it comes from a lot. It comes from the society, especially as women, right? Like who's, who's the, the female archetype that we're all taught growing up. It's like mother Mary, right? This ultimate self-sacrificial, open-hearted, you know, divine feminine archetype who has
2: not
1: 100%, (laughs) but it's a very limiting view and does not give a lot of like context for, you know, modern uh, environments, certainly dating. So yeah, there's a lot there.
2: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, Oh, and then, uh, yeah, going back to, uh, where can people find you online?
1: People can find me on Instagram at the Morgan May and on TikTok with the same handle or www.themorganmay.com.
2: All right. I'll link to all these in the description. Morgan, thank you so much. I'll give you the rest of your, your day back. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you.
2: Morgan, thank you again for joining me. You know, you completely ruined my credibility by being on my show again. At least that's what uh someone said on, on Instagram. They're like, you know, whenever you have Morgan on, she ruins your credibility. I'm like, how so? Well, she's a misandrist. <laughs> like, is she? Is she though? I don't think I don't think I've ever heard her say anything that like about hating men. Like, that's just not her shtick. I don't know where, where they get that, but whatever. <laughs> Now, Morgan does teach girls girl games. She does teach girls how to find like high-value guys. And by high-value, I mean rich guys. But hey, whatever. I respect the game. Like, why, why can't you respect the game? I don't understand. I don't understand. Anyways, I hope you guys uh, found that conversation fascinating. I, I certainly did. Um, if you guys haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, hit those notifications. You should know what to do already. Uh, thanks for anybody that sound off in the live chat. If you guys are watching the replay, it's not too late to drop your favorite emoji in the comments below. All that helps boost us in the algorithms. Super chats. If you guys sent one, I, I appreciate it. I will definitely screenshot that and, and share it on the back end. If you guys didn't, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Okay, support the show. Um, <laughs> follow me on social media. The links are in the description. Get on the email list, list.comonmanpod.com dot com. Get your 20 dating app openers, stickers, and the free chapter of my book. Check out the practical law of attraction course, guys. Loa.comonmanpod.com. Get my book, guys, books.com on Um, it's available in all formats, including Audible and Kindle, and paperback, and hardcover, and the special edition. Join the Beer Club. It's a very active group of men um, on Telegram. We're we're chatting all the time. And then uh, our next meetup here is going to be in a couple of weeks. And then finally, coaching's available at com. That's all I got for this episode, guys. We'll see you Wednesday for the live stream. This has been the Come On Man Podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description.
0: Now, go out and get it.